Welcome to, well, this is a Kids on the Pitch podcast. This is a simulcast. We'll probably show this on our YouTube channel, Pittsburgh Soccer Now YouTube channel. This is John Krasinski, and with me is my partner here, uh, Matt Popchak. Matt, how are you doing today? I am doing very well, and I'm very excited to be a part of what is a very busy day for all of us at PSN, because it's the start of the second season for high school soccer. It got off to a bit of a late start today with a, a pregnant pause before the official bracket release, but better Actually, late than never. This is earliest I think we've had it in, in a number of years. I, I want, First of all, I want to tip of the cap to Ethan Roy over at, Amen. The, uh, at the WPIL. First of all, last year did a wonderful job of accommodating media, providing stats, all those things. So we're excited about uh, being at Highmark Stadium for the three or four days, I I haven't had a chance. They haven't posted the the dates of the finals. I don't think yet. Um, we will cross that bridge shortly, but or probably within the next few days. But they all the brackets are out, and it is right now. If you're listening to this, uh, it'll be on a recording. Uh, but it is about one thirty five, thirty eight, uh, thirty six, something like that. Um, and brackets are out. Uh, a lot of, you know, the kids at school are probably cheating on their phones. Um, some of them might be checking out Pittsburgh soccer now. That's the that's the progress we've made in, in recent years uh, with our site. Uh, of course, all of the brackets are on Pittsburgh soccer now. So we will not, um, I, I don't think what our goal here will be difficult to um, go through every single bracket. But what we are going to do is bring on some coaches get their reactions, talk about uh, the various classifications. Um, but I think the one thing that we've learned in recent years is if we sh sit here and just go through every bracket, we'll be here, it'll be a two and a half hour podcast and uh, probably not the most efficient, best use of our time. So um, actually one of the first coaches we're going to bring on is going to be Raph Kolonkowski of Plum. So let's talk about the boys uh, 3A and we all, it's always a very competitive field. In fact, I thought last year was one of the few years where the top team really stood out above everybody else with Moon. But this year, and you and I saw a bunch of 3A teams um, a few times, and you've you covered the North Catholic games as well. So you saw Mars, you saw North Catholic. We saw, um, you know, I've seen Plum. We've seen some of the other teams. Um, I, I think this is exactly going to be in a competitive field. We have four teams um that i think any one of those top four could and and there's some sleepers down in those second third place teams in a lot of the sections i think are very dangerous or very good this year so i, I like i kind of like this as always seems to be 3a is going to be ultra competitive matt yeah i really think it is john and i think that raf kolonkowski's plum side could very well be the cream of the crop, certainly on paper and certainly also on the pitch in boys class 3A when all is said and done. You look at this Plum team, they're a team that's won 17 matches in a row after that season opening loss to Upper St. Clair, which is one of the top teams in the 4A classification. That's right. uh, more on them later, perhaps. But other than that, they have literally run the table. Like I said, 17 straight victories. Owen Zalewski, their starting keeper, has helped the Mustangs register 11 clean sheets on the year. So they're a very strong team offensively that gets a lot of scoring from a lot of different sources. They're a very strong team defensively. And I think they're going to be playing with a bit of a chip on their shoulder emotionally this year just because of the 
very, very unfortunate events that happened in that community immediately prior to the beginning of the regular season. Uh, Coach Kolonkowski literally was living out of a hotel Mm -hmm. as he began preseason training camp and proceeded into the beginning of the regular season because of the uh, house fire tragedy in Plumboro this past summer. And I'm interested to get his thoughts on just Mm -hmm. how he's holding up and just how much the success of his team has been a positive distraction amidst everything that I'm sure he's been through. Uh, He's one of our mutually favorite coaches to talk to in all the whip people. I can tell you that. Well, obviously, uh, you know, most people know the relationship that Raph and I have. Uh, We go back 30, almost 30 years. So, um, you know, good friend of mine, but also a former assistant coach of mine uh, when I was coaching the Point Park uh, team. So, uh, but we're bringing him on as well uh, to this, uh, to this, to this podcast. So Raph, uh, we were just speaking of, uh, about you and uh, the boys 3A. And uh, uh, I have to ask, I mean, did when you saw the brackets come out today, uh, were you surprised to see Plum as number one? I mean, it seems like it's any of those top four teams could have been a number one seed. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've had a good season. Um, I really didn't know what to expect this year. You know, I've lost seven starters from last year, so it was a lot of new players that that, that kind of came in, and uh, and they've done a fantastic job. Uh, we've had a lot of close games this year, and we had to come from behind in quite a few of them. So, you know, the boys got that grit mentality where they just don't give up, keep playing, keep playing until uh, until we get the results. So, uh, yeah, I mean, number one seeded, it's it's nice, but then once you get it, in the playoffs, you know, you, you still have to perform. So, you know, throw those rankings out the window. Uh, even though we got the number one seed, um, I think we got a pretty hard road mm-hmm. if we were to make it to high mark. Uh, potentially, we get to play three teams from from the division where Moon, Montour, South Fayette, and Chartier's Valley is at. So um, I, I think that's uh, probably one of the toughest sections in AAA. And just like last year, we're gonna have to go through that section. So if we have any, uh, if if we're gonna have any luck to uh, to make it far. Well, we've talked about section um, section that section uh, oftentimes in the past is a section of death, and then this year, you know, Moon kind of dropped a little bit, but everybody else kind of caught up. Montour um, and and South Fayette, you know, are always going to be there, and and Char Valley is back in the playoffs, and um, so yeah, you have that gauntlet of Char, Char Valley in the first round Saturday. Uh, one o'clock at you get to host that match uh, and then yes it could be you know South Bay at Greater Latrobe and then on your side you have Bethel Park is kind of new to 3A and but they've they've had an ac- excellent season uh, is on your side of the bracket as well and then of course Montour um, and Gateway down at the bottom so you're familiar with Gateway uh, Matt I yes. know you were you were um, looking to ask a question yeah, sorry it- yeah, it's funny that Coach mentioned that South Fayette-Latrobe tilt because when the brackets came out, that was the first match that I kind of looked at that jumped out at me. And I know it's cliche to say this, but it just struck me as such a it stinks that one team has to lose this match kind of match because yeah. going in, I was looking at both South Fayette and Latrobe potentially as under-the-radar teams in the 3A bracket. Coach, uh, what's your experience dealing with Latrobe? They played two very tough games against you and one in which, more recently, your team had to rally to beat them for a second time this season. 
I mean, both games came down to the wire. The first time we played them, it was 1-1 with 30 seconds left, and we scored to make it 2-1. So, and, and I think that game, they actually, I think, outplayed us. So they were the better team. And, you know, when we went to Lake Trobe to play them, they went up 2-0 on us. And we had to just continue fighting back, fighting back. And last 17 minutes of second half is when we scored three goals to pull away. So um, they're, they're a tough matchup. They have some playmakers that uh, you give them a uh, you know, little space, they can just take it individually and make you pay for it. So um, they're a scrappy team. And you know their coach, Coach Rice, did a fantastic job. I mean, the year before, I think they missed the playoffs and then come in here now and – I mean, they could have been section champs with us. It was that close. So um, they're a very good team, and they do have a <laughs> they do have a crappy matchup with South Fayette. I mean, South Fayette only has two losses, and they're they, you know they battled Moon, they battled Montour. Uh, that's just a top section. So yeah, for Latrobe, I, I think they really really got a bad draw. Yeah, and that section might have a little chip on their shoulder because Moon didn't get – they got a four-seat. Oh, no, there were three-seats, sorry. Um, three so, yeah, I mean, it it just – this it's so competitive in 3A, and I, I think seating-wise, you can't – I so one – this is probably the one bracket uh, that I, I can't fault the committee, uh, whichever direction they went. Um, Raph, um, we were talking a little bit before you came on. Uh, obviously, it's been uh, – a season like you've never experienced before. It started off in in in, in uh, very difficult circumstances in the community, um, and obviously you live very close by where you know the explosion happened um, in Plum. And uh, you know we've we've all been thinking a lot about you and 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 your family and your community. Um, you know how has it been for you personally, but also you know the players, the young people at the high school and in the community there. Well, I mean, obviously, it, it, it's been uh, it's been a very difficult last two months. I mean, the house blew up three houses from me. So, I mean, our house got got damaged. You know what I mean? And we're displaced right now. And it's it's uh, it, it, it's it's been a mental roller coaster. Uh, thank God for you know the coaches that I have to be able you know help me out and uh, do a lot of this stuff because especially at the beginning, many practices, I was there physically, but mentally I, I was somewhere else. And, uh, it, it, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it, it's tough to deal with, you know, when I lost close friends, close neighbors that were friends with me, my family and I, and, you know, my son was, you know, he was right there with me when all this happened. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's been definitely challenging, but, you know, the, the team has been great. Um, you know, kids are young, they're resilient, you know, they, they just move on and then just continue like it's nothing. It's, it's us older people that sometimes, you know, we keep this thing in our heads and, and sometimes it, 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 it can bother you. But uh, yeah, uh, needless to say, it, it's been a tough up and down emotional two months, but uh, you know, you just got to keep, keep fighting through this and, and the support from the community and from the soccer community. You know, a lot of high school coaches will come in and, you know, all the teams we play have been great. And some of the teams that I still play on, they've been very supportive. So the, the soccer community definitely has come in and, and helped me personally uh, get me through this tough, uh, you know, tough part of my life, I guess you could say. So, 
Yeah, and the team has had a fabulous regular season positioning itself very well for the playoffs. And a lot of individuals uh, have had really strong regular seasons individually. Uh, just the other day, in fact, Tristan Ralph was named the player of the year in your section. Uh, 11 goals, 12 assists in the regular season. Over the last two years combined, uh, unofficially, I have him at 27 goals and 27 assists. So he's as good a setup man as he is a finisher, clearly. Um, in your opinion, what makes Tristan uh, player of the year material, if you will? Well, it's, you know, I had this conversation with him before the season. And, and I told him, instead of trying to just be the one man scorer, you got to be more of a playmaker. Uh, and I told him, if you want to have success as a team, you got to get everybody involved, get your teammates involved. And he, he really took that to heart because there's times I'm thinking you, you got to take this shot, but he's trying to find a man that's uh, that's a little bit more open. Uh, and he's played multiple positions for us. I mean, there's times that he'll play on defense half a game. He'll play in midfield. He'll play up top. So uh, we do move him around whenever there is a need. And he's one of those players that, you know, whatever we ask him to do, he does. And and, uh, and then I think him winning the player, section player of the year, what was a very well-deserved uh, award for him. So he scored some big goals for us in big games. Uh, when we needed him, we'd put him back on defense and he would shut down their top players from the other team. So he's just a great all-around kid and, and uh, fits in perfectly in, in the way we try to play soccer here in Plum. Do you think that's what kind of has set you apart from the rest of the competition uh, in your section to say nothing of the rest of the classification, the fact that you have so many players who have proven that they can be versatile and shoulder multiple responsibilities and do the things you ask of them, even if they're not jumping off the page statistically? Um, I think so. I mean, you figure not counting this year, the last four years, we made it to the semis three out of four years. So we've been close the last four years. Like, we're right there. We just can't get over the hub. Uh, but, yeah, you know, all the players going back, you know, four or five years ago, they all bought into this. You know, I, I'm not going to have one guy scoring 40, 50 goals because that's not the way we play. But I do have multiple guys every year that contribute scoring-wise. So it, it, we don't rely just on one player, but we have multiple players that can come in, that, that can finish, that get involved. And uh, and everybody's buying into it. Uh, you know, we do have kids that might play different positions when they play cap soccer or travel soccer. But I tell them, if you want to play, you know, for the high school, for varsity, you know, if we have players in those positions, you got to be flexible and, and, and take on different roles. And over the years, we've had players that would start on defense. And by the time they're seniors, they would finish up top. So and vice versa. So Raph, uh, you know all about the, that. You can speak from experience. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, in, in college, I, I played in the back because that's where the need was, and I finished up playing up top. So it's, it's, it's uh, when you're flexible like this, you'll get playing time, you're going to start and have a successful career. I've never been an I-I guy, and, and I'm trying to instill this in my players in the last, you know, four or five years. If you're one of those uh, me-only players, you're going to struggle here in Plum. Um because we, we try to, you know, distribute the ball between everybody. And and then again, there's some games we play that if I kept my starters in, we might score 20, 30 goals, right? But 
once I get five, six goals, I, I, I young every single player on my team this year has played some varsity. So I always try to get younger guys involved to get them ready. So when it's their time, you know, they've already got their feet wet a little bit. So again, that's how I do it, you know, for good or for bad. I mean, everybody's different. Raph, I want to, I'm curious, since the brackets came out today, I know you've played a really tough schedule because, you know, in your section, you know, you have your, your tough get matches and then you, you like at the beginning of the season, you stepped out and you played up for St. Clair. I'm real curious about them. Uh, you know, you saw them early in the season. Um, Coach Snyder has obviously always done a great job there, but uh, in terms of some of the tougher teams you played out of conference this year, you feel like those, no, that's the first part of my question is it, have those matches helped you, helped your team, uh, you know, prepare uh, and to be ready for this type of moment in playoff time? And then the second part is if there's anything in terms of Upper St. Clair and, and quad A um, level of play, um, w- what you saw from them, because that's I believe that's your only loss this year. Yeah. And and I like a harder schedule, mm-hmm. non-section, because it gets you ready. This is where you get to really see what your players can do. Even scrimmages, we played Butler, we played at North Allegheny, we scrimmaged Peters, right? So those are all three and now Upper St. Clair, four playoff teams that we had a chance to play, which was good, you know, because some of the players see where they have, where they're at and where they have to get to. Um, you know, Upper St. Clair, every year we play them, it, it's a very good game. Obviously, the, the, their coach is, is a great coach. He's been around forever. And, you know, it, it was a great game against them. Uh, we ended up losing, I believe, two to one. Um, it was a very competitive game. Um, and if I'm if so, I'm correct, you you played two games that day too, didn't you? Unfortunately, we had a team pull out of our tournament. So yeah, right. we played West Allegheny at five, and then we played Upper St. Clair at uh, seven. So <laughs> it, it 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 was a lot on our players. Second half, our players couldn't finish because everybody was cramping. So a lot of rotations came in and and actually I'm glad it happened. Even though we lost the game, I was able to play some of the guys that I wasn't sure that they were able to come in and show what they can do against a very, very good, you know, competition and good team like Upper St. Clair. Now they've become a little bit more of uh, helping us get to where we're at right now. So e- even though you, you hate to lose, this was a very good loss for us. Because, you know, you got me looking at some other players that were forced to step in. And and um, and, uh, and 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 that's where we're at right now. So I have one more question, and that is uh, relating yeah. to your, you know, just now. I think it's this your fifth year or sixth year at Plum. Uh, do you feel like now that you're in this, been there for a while, a lot of the players in terms of playing for you, know you, familiar with you. I knew like even when you took over back then, a lot of the players were familiar with you. But now you get younger kids that have spent more time playing in Plum and the community and maybe some travel, some rec teams and uh, some travel teams. And, and obviously some you have cup players, you have, you know, high level players, too. But just kind of that understanding of what you want. I know you you're you're specific in terms of you want to play the game a certain way and you want young players to develop uh, a certain way. And sometimes it's tough in some communities to build that from year to year. Um, but it just every time we look up, there's plum at near the top of the standings. And I, I think something has has something to do with 
the fact that you know you've you've been there for a few few more than just a couple of years now. Yeah, I mean, this is my fifth year as the head coach. I was the assistant coach three years prior, so I guess you could say eight years total. But yeah, I mean, I have a certain way that I like to play. Um, I don't necessarily rely on big physical kids um, because that's not our DNA. Uh, so we do have a lot of, you know, smaller kids. But, you know, I always preach if you got a good touch, good, you know, soccer IQ, you'll have a chance to to, to, to play for me. Uh, not just the biggest, fastest kids, because if, if you can't control the ball, if, if you can't build out, if you can't do certain things, it, it's going to be tough for you to get on the field. So and, and, and I go, I, I mean, you know, players might not know not notice but i i do go to a lot of travel games so i i see the younger kids when we have our plum tournament i'll just go in a corner and just watch and ask questions who's coming up you know i see the junior high games so you know i'm always kind of in the background looking in to see who's coming in next year who's coming the year after that and uh and uh you know, overall, we have a pretty good youth program here in Plum, and that's credit to the Plum Youth Soccer Organization that we get kids when they're younger, and hopefully we get them hooked on playing soccer and not go to other sports. And then, you know, from there, you just develop the kids. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm a big soccer guy, so I, I wish all the best players, athletes, played soccer. You know what I mean? So... That's not always the case, but yeah, we have a great community here, great soccer tradition, uh, and hopefully we can continue doing this for many more years to come. Yeah, and I'm looking at the schedule, so you're you're looking at uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Monday, which I think that's a pretty nice setup. And some teams have to jam it in a little bit more, or some are you know the quad A teams don't have to play until late next week. Um, you like that that Saturday, Wednesday, and then Monday, and then potentially whatever that we don't even know what the championship dates are going to be yet. But yeah, I mean, I prefer the night games over Saturday games. Mm -hmm. it, it's just tough to get to to get excited to to go play in the middle of the afternoon on Saturday when you're used to playing in the evenings. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this way it's spread out a little bit. So if you have an injury, you have time to recover. Because let's face it, once you get to the playoffs, if one of your starters goes down with an injury, that could derail your 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 playoff season. So uh, it's important to keep the guys, all the guys healthy and, you know, whoever's coming in and, and sometimes having those extra days off um, will, de will definitely help. Because if you play too many, you know, if we have to play Tuesday and then Thursday and then Saturday, it's it, it, it's a lot and it's hard to recover. Uh, you know, it's the end of the season. It, it's been... Uh, it's been a grind. So now to rest some of the players, it actually can be helpful. All right, Raph. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. We uh, appreciate always ha love having you on a podcast or whenever we can do an interview. And, you know, hopefully we'll get out to uh, maybe some of the games before we're planning to do cover some uh, games out yeah. uh, in the earlier rounds of the playoffs. So probably Matt um, uh, or myself or one of us will be out that way. But yeah, looking forward to, uh, should be a great tournament. It, it it should be. I mean, this this is what it's all about. This is why you know you, you play your season, you get in the playoffs. You had the show today. Everybody's excited where you're going to be at, and now it's their second season that's starting. And hopefully, we did enough in the regular season that we can extend our season. You know, beyond 
first game or two, but uh, it, it, it's a grind. Soccer is one of those games that you can lose at any time to anybody. The best team does not always win, and that's the thing that's frustrating mm. with soccer. We've all been part of it where you might dominate and then still lose. So it, it's, it, you know, you do have to have little luck. I always say the soccer gods have to be shining on you once you get into the playoffs a little bit to get that bounce or two here and there. So, but yeah, you know what? I, I expect it to be a grind and uh, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be great. And, and, and I look forward to it and hopefully the, all my players in Plum are excited also. And, and, you know, hopefully we can put a good showing for, for the fans. Absolutely. All right. Again, Raph, thanks for, for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, probably uh, hopefully out at one of the games. Sounds good. Thanks, John. All right. Thank you, Coach. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Why not jump back on while we're all laughing? Uh, John DeColi uh, from Charleroi Boys Head Coach. This is uh, it's been quite a run for Charleroi Boys Soccer Program. I mean, uh, now it's a single A, and last year you came this close. I mean, honestly, John, that was one of the best games uh, at finals that we've seen in a while. And just in terms of up and down the the style of play I, I had so much fun watching that game and i know matt you covered that game but uh john welcome aboard. uh congrats on being the top seed in uh, single a no thank you i appreciate it so uh what's the what's the reaction uh, in terms of you know the seating the path you know potential path to the final uh kind of what you're looking for and obviously this the season that you just you've just completed in a regular season yeah i'm I, i'm i mean we're everyone's definitely pleased with the number one seed. I mean, how, how could you not? Um, especially the work that goes into it throughout the season uh, to, to actually get a small school like ours, uh, that type of uh, seeding respect. Um, it's actually a lot, a lot of work the boys put, put in up to it um, to go throughout the, the, the season. Um, you know, it's a, only our second uh, season back to a uh, single A. Um, and I think that we're hoping, holding our own and kind of showing what, what we're able to produce uh, with our program here. And I will corroborate what John said and what a fun game that was to watch at Highmark Stadium last year because, as he said, I was, in fact, there. I did, in fact, report on it, a very well-played championship contest, even though you guys didn't get the result you wanted. Um, and I pointed out because, to your point about the bracket, the potential exists for a rematch with Winchester Thurston in round two. And right. this time around, you guys, you had the number two scoring defense during the regular season in your entire classification. So you guys seem to be a little bit more well-equipped and a little bit more mature defensively maybe than you were a year ago. And could that give you guys maybe a little bit better stead and maybe a little bit more confidence going into a potential rematch? Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, to be able to have a team that not only does your your strikers or your midfield score, but I have guys on my back line that are coming up big for us. Uh, so you, you really don't know when a shot's going to take place and who's going to take it. Uh, our, if you look at our score, scoring stats, it's spread out. Um, almost every single one of my starting 11 have have a tally by, by their name. If not, then they have assists. So, I um, mean, it's a very well uh, spread out, um, even uh, – guys going on through there and 
to your point, not just the number two scoring defense in the classification, but also the number two scoring offense. Uh, you said it, it's a very balanced group. Uh, Bryce Large, who had 19 goals on the regular season, was just named section player of the year. And I remember in that championship game, he scored a pretty big goal for you guys and was a very just noticeable player in general uh, throughout that night. Um, what makes Bryce uh, section of the uh, section player of the year material, if you will. What's special about him? Well, he's just a 100% all around player. Uh, he's able to control the midfield and the tempo of, of the game. And, and to be able to just not only facilitate that with, with his, his playing, but his, also his, his vote, his vocals, um, just to be able to get the team on the same page. And just when we need to calm down a little bit, get, get the players calmed down and to be able to set up the, these big goals and then also to to go ahead and cash in on, on the big goals when needed. And before I throw it back to John, one of the things that he and I were talking about uh, a year kick ago kick it back to me. Was how... Kick it back to me. Okay, kick, I will kick, kick it back to you right now. Soccer. I, if, <laughs> if you <laughs> insist. With you, Matt. <laughs> okay. No, but I, I was just going to say, um, we were talking about how 2022 kind of ended up being the year of the underdog. A lot of the lower seeds ended up going on unusually long playoff runs. And at the time, you guys were one of those lower seeds that maybe turned some heads and went all the way to the Whippeal Championship game. Is it a different... Does this year feel different at all now that you're the hunted as opposed to being the hunter? You know, we, we always go into each season that with every win, with every article you get, that target on your back gets a little bit bigger. Um, and we actually thrived in that underdog role. Um, that was back whenever we were still in uh, double A. Um, you know, we really embraced that underdog role. Now to be the underdog to the big dog, um, you know, we just keep our mindset. It's just one game at a time. Uh, we don't look forward. We, you know, we're going to concentrate on, on Beaver County uh, Christian now. And then uh, when, the, when that happens, then, then we'll move on. But, um, you know, our mindset hasn't changed. Uh, we've always had that target on our back, and now we're just going to go and, uh, you know, turn turn around and um, hunt again, I guess you would say. John. Uh, John, you're open. I'm open. Thanks for that nice <laughs> Kicking pass, right, soft pass right to my foot. I've got it under control, and here I go. A um, couple touches forward. All right, so here we go. Uh, yeah, no, as far as the schedule, you know, you, you've only had 10 section games in your section. Just right. kind of the way it shake, shook out. So you have this like where you have to kind of go out and play whoever you can. Um, I seen you pretty much any bigger school in the Mon Valley. You, you kind of went out and said, hey, we're going to play you guys. Um, and that's that's you know, that's pretty impressive. And, and the fact that, you know, you went up in classification and you won six non-section matches, um, you know, I know it's tough to get those non-section matches, but um, what was is that something that will help prepare you guys for for this for this challenge coming up? Yeah, if you want to play better and bigger, you have to play the opposing team that's better and bigger, and see where you match up and see where you can, you know, excel. We see see what happens that you're doing that, that isn't working, and um, those those are the type of matches that, that that we have to see and to be able to um, capitalize on as coaches and players. Yeah. And I mean, you stepped up, you played Elizabeth forward, you played, you know, McGuffey. I mean, these are, you know, some of these teams, Bell Vernon, like they're, they're, you know, competitive in those upper classifications. And um, it seems like it defensively, especially, I mean, 
uh, to see the, what your your group has done defensively this year. I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that that back line that um, you know Jake Chambers uh, manages with uh, Gage Patterson and Luke Mazon. I mean, them put together and then Nate behind them, kind of directing traffic. It, it it makes them a force to, to to reckon with, and and they're comfortable enough that you know we're able to have one of those guys slide up and be part of the offensive attack, and then turn around and you know go 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 back on the defense. Um, to have two way players on the on, on your defending third, I mean it's a it's a pretty good uh, situation to have. Yeah, and then as far as uh, your you know your team's attack and looking to get forward, um, I know you played uh, some. When you do get in a tight contest, um, in terms of like who you is, is it more of a team approach in terms of I right, let's try to expose what the other team's looking to do, uh, you know what what they're giving us and that type of thing. Um, um, are are there certain players that you like to turn to that 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 type of thing? Well, the the way my coaching theory is is that we're all one team. Um, the boys are seeing stuff on the field that the coaches aren't seeing on the outside. We're seeing stuff on the outside that they're, you know, engrossed in the match that, that they're not seeing. And just to make it a team collaborative effort, I think that's, what's putting us on, on the role that, that, that we're on. Um, it's just not, you know, one guy saying, Hey, this is what I see. This is what we're doing. And that's it. Uh, that's definitely not not the case with 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 this team or or, or, the, or the program here at Charleroi. Um, we definitely like to have everybody come come together, and uh, because we're all out there for that for that common cause for for that W at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I, the reason why I asked that question is we were just talking to Raph Kolonkowski at Plum, and, and and it's the same like with you. You've been here for a few years now. You've been coaching this program, and the kids are coming up to the community. And they're all kind of buying into this and they're coming to the games when they're in middle school and, you know, those type of things. They're seeing how, you know, as a group you play and, and how you coach and, and the system that you have. Um, and, yeah, you're starting to produce some really outstanding players, too. Obviously, all you have to do is turn on a pit match and see Evan McIntyre doing <laughs> his thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's nice when it starts to come together over the course of time, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, we we started years ago. Uh, each each year, we're putting another you know an, another level on that onion um, to be able to 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 keep on continually to succeed uh, for our program. Absolutely. All and, right. So we're, we're looking. At, I was looking at. I know Matt, you were going to just ask a question, but you know, I was looking at the 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 bracket and seeing you know in terms of the path and the schedule. Um, you like kind of where it is as far as, you know, how many you know, kind of the spreading it out. So you'll play Saturday, Wednesday, Monday, just like the three, eight teams we were just talking to. Um, right. It gives you, I mean, you have to play that early Saturday afternoon game. Raph was talking about that too, but, but you know, not maybe used to that as much, but, um, but then, you know, you'll yeah, cur the curfews night, will night be in games. effect Friday night. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. No, no homecomings or anything like that going on. Right? <laughs> no, I think they're that, not going anywhere. <laughs> the Charleroi, the Charleroi um, boys uh, soccer Twitter is pretty active, so I think we've seen, we've already seen the homecoming photos and uh, yes. uh, celebrations. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, so it, in terms of that type of path, you know, having a kind of spread out, and then most likely, you know, earlier maybe Thursday night or Friday night have to play a final if if you get that far. I mean, do you like how it's spread out? 
Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just like any other day. It's business as usual for us. Um, you put the time in the place and that's where we're going to go. Um, you know, you don't have any control on where, or when you play. So why even put that as, 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 as a factor, um, you show up, you, you play your game and then you see if you play it better than your opponent. Or not. Matt, I'm sorry. No, you're fine, John. Uh, I was just going to say, coach, um, is that what you're going to tell your team as you approach the pro season is to just play their game, play your game? Because it seems to me as an outsider that when this Charleroi team does play their game, there really aren't a whole lot of teams in class one a that can beat it. Yeah. I mean, we, we play a different style than uh, most teams in, in, in class a, um, and we, we will continue to keep on developing on that and adding new things at every single one of our training, uh, so just to keep us fresh uh, and the opponent on, on our heels guessing. Um, so like you said, if we play our game, we'll, we'll be in a good situation. All right. Well, John, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, this is an exciting day, isn't it? Uh, I'm sure the, the boys are excited. And, and uh, what's it like for you just kind of like going through this process all the time? You know, it's, it's, yeah, we all know, love it this. Was, yeah, I mean, it, does, it doesn't get any easier every year. You know, the t today's definitely a nerve-wracking day waiting. And then, you know, 12 o'clock, now 12.15, 12.30. But, uh, <laughs> and then being at work on top of that, yeah. um, you know, it's 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 definitely, uh, it doesn't get any easier every year, but it's definitely exciting and fun. So now we uh, can get our game plan in motion and, uh, you know, get, get to work tonight. All right. Well, John, thanks for joining us. Uh, Matt, I didn't know if you had a, any final thoughts uh with john uh my final thought is uh good luck to the cougs and uh hopefully selfishly i will cross my fingers for that charleroi winchester thurston <laughs> matchup because i again as an outsider i think that would be a lot of fun to watch and it would make for some entertaining playoff soccer all right thank you i appreciate you guys for for having me on and having the uh cougars backs all right thanks john appreciate it all right. Thanks, gentlemen. Right. Thanks, Coach. Take care. Thanks. Yep. All right. That was uh, John DeColi, uh Rhymes with Spicoli, as Matt, <laughs> you said uh, before we went on. I don't know if people heard that one, but uh, John is... Hola, Mr. Hand. <laughs> hey, it's a pizza guy here. I think he is. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take that piece of pizza for myself. Um, but people, the young people probably have no idea what we're talking about. Fast times at Ridgemont High. It does relate because we're talking about high school. Um, but uh, that's about the only connection, I think. Um, but great movie. Um, but yeah, Matt, I mean, John is he's a breath of fresh air. He's a positive guy. He's a nice, always great to talk to. Um, but to me, like watching that team play last year and realizing that, you know what? Evan McIntyre had gone to pit at that point. And this is not, this is a program. This isn't just, oh, they had one really great player and they're not going to be good anymore. No. I mean, John has really built a, a solid program with, uh, with Charleroi. Yeah. It's ironic that their best crack, uh, their best bite at the apple, if you will, seemed to come after Evan McIntyre had moved on. Um, I, I'm sure down the line, the McIntyre family will continue to procreate and produce great soccer players for the, uh, 84 area so they can keep chopping wood and keep uh, taking another <laughs> crack at that uh, championship. Uh, they're, they're chopping wood right now. And this year, I think if you put me on the spot and asked me, 
I think this could be the year that the proverbial tree finally comes down in Charleroi's favor. Like I said, they have that great team defense. They have great balanced team offense. They have Bryce Large, who has experience with a team that made a deep playoff run last year, and he was a very deserving selection as a section player of the year, representing Charleroi this season. A very exciting player at his position. And, you know, they're just they seem to be in just a bit better position team wise uh statistically speaking than they were a year ago when they made that surprise run that being said i am not going to sit here and rule out the possibility of a winchester thurston three-peat or at minimum a third consecutive berth for winchester thurston well, why not? in the whippeo 1a final well because i just why not? I, because, I have a lot of yeah yeah no, I was going to say, I have a ton of respect for Adam Brownold. Mm-hmm. He also is an excellent coach, uh, very well-spoken. And I have a lot of respect for the laser focus that, to a man, that team seems to develop as soon as the playoffs start. And looking back at that championship final last year, you know, it, it just, even though they were pushed by Charleroi and they were deterred at times, by Charleroi after conceding that late tying goal with all the star power and the experience they had on that team. It just seemed like a matter of time before they got the last laugh, which on that night they did. Now this year they've been a little bit harder by graduation. There's been the general emergence of the alley Valley teams like Springdale and Burl. Mm -hmm. And there are other teams in the single A classification that are kind of stepping out of their shadows. So uh, they're in a little bit different position this year, but but Matt, oh boy, they, Charleroi versus Winchester in round two. That could be that could be fun. <laughs> right. But the, to my point, though, they finished they finished strong. They've won four in a row and they finished with a two nothing win against Burl. So that tells yeah. me Burl, you know, it's all year long. And I know maybe Burl kind of had it in the bag a little bit. But no, Burl still wanted to win the section outright and could, then ended up finishing with that loss. So that kind of hurt their chances to win the section outright. So Winchester is, is lurking. I think they that, that's always a dangerous team. I mean, I remember years back when I was coaching at Shadyside Academy and we um, we got stuck playing for some reason that year coming off of a championship the year before, Seton LaSalle got seated eighth. And we were seated. Hmm. No, I think we were seated eighth. That Seton LaSalle was seated ninth. And so we got to host them in a in a home playoff match. Uh, but they, they were just they were it, that Seton LaSalle squad was a, just a class. They had a they were coming off a of PIAA. And, and and that's the one thing like I'm talking to John and Charleroi is that those teams that just have that have been down this road, they have that experience. It that really does matter, because when you get into these tight games, late in games, uh, being able to make a play or or just having the mentality you know, in terms of, of handling pressure moments. And I, I think you see the experience a lot of times where it's the senior laden type teams do really well in the WPIL. Even last year, like if, for all you want to say about, oh, it was a, such a shocker that Pine Richland beat Pine, Seneca Valley. That's absolutely true. But Pine Richland was a senior laden squad and they had a lot of kids that had been playing against Seneca Valley for years and he'd gotten beaten down by Seneca Valley. But you know what? Good coaching and perseverance and and mental toughness and maturity and that team was mature enough to 
you know, get to that point, you know what, we're in a zero zero game in the 65th minute. Um, we have an opportunity, we make a play, we score a goal, we're up. And now that pressure is coming against us, but defensively, we're going to stay, you know, we're going to stay together as a unit. And that's the type of thing that a team with has experience is going to manage those moments um, uh, and navigate those moments a lot better than, you know, a younger team, which, you know, may come in and, and have a lot of talent. And, and we've seen those type of teams do really well too uh, over the years, you know, the Franklin regional, you know, comes to mind in 2018, 19, you know, when, when, uh, when they had a lot of really good younger players mixed in with some, some older player, you know, some seniors, but uh, that that's, We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens in single A. Uh, I do want to uh, quickly before we wrap up the boys uh, side of things uh, today, and then we're going to we're going to start over with a part two uh, with the girls side. Um, we still haven't talked much about quad A and two A. Uh, so real briefly, maybe five minutes or so. Let's take a look. Um, you've got this, the two A bracket in South Park. It's interesting. Every one of these years we think, you know what, it's time South. Somebody else should be the number one seed. But I had a chance to see that South Park team play um, early in the season and then a little bit later in the season again uh, in one of their uh, broadcast games. And I just think they, they've they earned their one seed most years. But this year, I think that South Park team is, is legit. Um, watch them play against quad A team. Watch them play against a 3A team. Um, and, you know, in terms of being – in terms of being on the front foot and dictating tempo and pushing things. And, and South Park has always been a terrific technical, technically sound, skilled uh, pro team. And they're no exception this year uh, as well. They have an outstanding goalkeeper um, too. So um, that's, they're going to take the, even though they, it seems like Deer Lakes and Quaker Valley uh, and even Shadyside Academy uh, prior to years um, kind of take, have kind of owned 2A. Um, you know, when I interviewed John Cantwell after, uh, you know, a match uh, he, this year, he, he, I, I even let him know. I think that this, this team um, has, I think they has, they have what it takes uh, to advance. They just, they've just run into some really dang, difficult second round matchups in recent years, uh, even as a one seed. So yeah, there's always that, that minefield of, you play a you know second and third round match, uh, you know quarterfinal, semifinal mat round match. You're going to run it. You might run into a, a really hot team or a team that's played in a really good section, and they can handle what you're going to throw at them. So, um, yeah, just what are your thoughts on two A? Just from what you've seen uh, so far in the brackets. Well, I think as far as the final four, the eventual final four in boys two A is concerned, John. I think we might be looking at a lot of chalk. But once you get to that final four, I mean, who knows? Those are mm -hmm. three really good seeds, one through four: South Park, Quaker Valley, Deer Lakes, Avonworth. South Park is exactly what South Park is every single year. They're right. the prohibitive favorite. They are in a very familiar spot. They have a veteran coaching staff and, you know, they're not going to be a team that I count on to necessarily stub its toe. They know exactly what they're doing with that number one seed. They know exactly the responsibility that comes with being a number one seed. And I expect to see them uh, in the final four, if not, at I, I also Stadium. like, I like their path. I mean, I think that Keystone yeah. Oaks is, 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 is potentially a second round match. They, they know Keystone Oaks. It's not like they're going to get potentially or Mount Pleasant. 
Um, so I like their path, at least into the semis. And then that's when, you know, you get into the Avonworth or the Bell Vernon uh, potential situation um, or one of the surprise teams could come from there too. But uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I, no, I was going to say of all the potential uh, future eventual playoff matchups that I'm looking at as I look through this bracket, the potential semifinal matchup between number two Quaker Valley and number three Deer Lakes is mm -hmm. the one that really jumps out at me yeah. because you've got Deer Lakes, the defending Whippeal champion and Whippeal champion for two times in the past three years, despite the fact that they lost a, to uh, a ton of talent, including Mike Sullivan to Pitt and others for graduation, despite the fact that Danny Yates, who was a phenomenal coach at Deer Lakes for a number mm -hmm. of years and at previous Whippeal programs as well, despite the fact that he's moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, this program has remained stable. It has remained consistent and it has continued to win consistently and flourish mm -hmm. in the two a classification. And well, look who they get like what potentially get in the second round. Shady side, exactly. The old, uh, their old buddies from the section. The I old can't neighbor. believe they put them on the. Not only <laughs> they put them on the same side of the bracket, they put them in the same, the same quarterfinal bracket. It, it is. I don't know uh, what the committee was thinking there. I just don't understand that. I I have long since given up trying to read into or understand seeding in any of the sanctioned <laughs> high school sports, mind you. But uh, yeah, that's uh, th that could be something that could be another fun quarterfinal. Game yeah. Cause watch, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to discount Ed Ellsworth and Shadyside Academy. Um, no, of course of, not. You know, coming up with a game plan on a, in a knockout tournament and he's pulled off two of the biggest upsets, really the beating uh, Quaker Valley, those back-to-back -back years. Um so, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, and, I think that's that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it, it is. And kind of like what you talked about earlier, John, you know, you have these championship teams where the kids who are juniors and seniors and upperclassmen now were freshmen and just coming into these varsity programs on those championship teams. That's kind of what Deer Lakes has going for them right, right now. So all those players who got that championship experience early, they're now the elder statesman of that program. And so they're going to be in a really strong position and they're going to be a tough out and Quaker Valley. Um, I mean, if I had to pick a team to win it all, I might lean actually toward the Quakers just because they've been mm -hmm. relentless offensively. Bennett Haas has had an extraordinary year. Kirill Grin is another player who I don't know if he gets talked about very much, but he probably should be because every single time I see a Quaker Valley result, I see his name multiple times on the score sheet. And this is a Quaker Valley team that has played stifling defense as well. They've only conceded about 10 times all year, give or take, if memory serves. And, and they always play a know. really tough schedule. They play the East West Classic yeah. to start the season. Then they'll, they'll go up and play. They beat Moon. You know, they've beaten other teams out of section that are, you know, good playoff teams above them. I think Thomas Jefferson or they played somebody else from uh, above them as well. But, yeah, they're they're they always go out and play the best teams. Yeah. So, I mean, really uh, a lot of good teams to look at in boys to a John, but ultimately a final game between South Park and Quaker Valley. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it comes down to those two, because I think truly those are the best teams in the bracket. Yeah, and that's a matchup we've been hoping for for years, but it always seems like South Park, unfortunately, has been the one. And Quaker got got upset last two of the last three years. Um, last year, uh, you know, Beaver 
Uh, it's it, one of their own section rivals. Again, senior laden team that had, was their moment and they got the PKs and pulled it out. So, you know, that's what I mean. That's what makes this this the most exciting time for high school soccer is when you get into these playoffs, one and done format, knockout round. I mean, you can't get a goal and you end up going to extra time and then it goes to PKs. It's 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 very I'm sure a lot of parents out there are uh, need to take the drink, the chamomile tea and keep it calm um and 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 because you know at night uh these night games are late in the day uh and it can be long you know you go through those overtime periods it can be very stressful for those parents out there so i know what it's like i i watched my son you know go to play in the wpil final at highmark stadium and 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 have a one <laughs> lead going into the last minute and just you know it's it just it's there's nothing like it as far as the excitement to watch your child um, participate and to do that and um, but yeah let's segue quickly uh, because we are going to go to transition to part two for the girls um, there's a little bit of time uh, we can talk about four uh, four um, four a boys and I was a little surprised by some of the seeding um, so North Seneca Valley of course the PIAA reigning champs um, were stunned in the final last year but the, but they were the well-deserved number one seed last year in the well deserved again this year um navigated some some difficulty this year maybe in section in terms of some challenges but each time they played box chapel they played butler uh and i believe uh, north allegheny they drew each one and then in in the return match they came back and beat them so they're it's still without a loss uh and it's george williams and his you know it the only thing i can compare it to is uh, Nolan Richardson used to uh, coach the Arkansas basketball team. And they would say, well, 40 minutes of hell, you know, you put the other team through. Hmm. I mean, George is just throwing players out there left and right, and he's got the depth to do it. And he's sending 22, 24 players. So Seneca Valley, unbeaten, number one seed overall. But the committee uh, went um, interesting this year. Uh, instead of just doing sort of like, because there's only two sections and going like, oh, the one seat will be from section one and the sec the, the two seat will be from section two and kind of just alternate. They went North Allegheny, number two. And uh, then they went Butler, Butler three. So if you're in the South Hills and you're in a section two, you're getting zero respect. I mean, hmm. Upper St. Clair gets the four seed. Uh, they'll have to play Fox Chapel, which should be a fun game. And, and then, of course, uh, you know, Butler is going to host Peters and Seneca is going to play Norwin. Norwin gets relegated to an eight seed. I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, Cannon Mack gets the seven seed. So um, interesting. Yeah, it, and that's the that's the best way to to describe a truncated playoff bracket is interesting because there mm -hmm. really isn't an easy game for any of these teams, even the higher seeds. Uh, but I do think, uh, in total fairness, I think Seneca Valley is the obvious choice for number one. And I think North Allegheny proved that on their best day, they can play Seneca Valley and make a pretty decent account oh, yeah. of themselves against Seneca Valley. Oh, yeah. So they were a very deserving two seed as well. And I think uh, maybe that's what the committee was thinking. They think they're thinking yeah. that all of those teams gave Seneca Valley a game. Every one of the other teams that's in the playoffs. Fox Chapel, you could say, John, gave Seneca mm -hmm. Valley a game. So yeah. you could even argue that it's a little surprising that Fox Chapel has to open the playoffs on the road and not at home. Uh, but uh, so it goes. But and that would, but last year, you know, and and they also earned us because last year, yeah, all the section one teams won their first round matches. So it was basically a section one tournament. 
in in the semifinals and then obviously for the finals there was they've they've sort of earned this but um i if i'm a south hills team i'm i'm you know if i'm upper st Clair or i mean norwin's also part of that group but i'm thinking man we we gotta we gotta step it up you know and 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 so um it will be interesting to see all of those matchups i didn't see butler getting the three seed though i i was a little surprised by that yeah, that was a little surprising, and uh, I, I mean, the reigning champs aren't even going to be around to defend their crown. Oh, yeah. That's how tough Section 1 is. I mean, that's all you need to know right there. Right. Um, now, it, if I had anything to say about it, I might have put Upper St. Clair at 3 instead of 4, because Upper St. Clair is a team that I really, really like on both the boys and the girls' side this year. And if I had to make sort of an all-encompassing, bold prediction for this year's Whippeal playoffs, you know, it's sort of a, we always like to point out the schools that win boys and girls concurrently in the same year. Moon did it last year. Uh, Greensburg Central Catholic did it not long ago. Mars has done it, I believe. Uh, Shady Side, uh, if memory serves, has done it before. I think this year could be Upper St. Clair's year to do it in the top two boys and girls classifications. I think that both of their teams they have the, really, really have a legitimate chance. puncher's chance of going all the way. They do. Um, they Upper St. Clair. The North Allegheny factor on the girls' side is going to be, you know, that's always going to be the biggest challenge on. But I think that the girls' side is a lot more spread out in terms of talent. Um, was, we know some of those Riverhounds Academy players. We know that they've, you know, some of the other top clubs, the Centuries and um, and Beedling have some players kind of sprinkled all through all those quad A teams. And so, um, yeah. But as far as the the boys go, yeah, I think I mean I, I think if you're a force, you're up for St. Clair and you got a four seed, you you're gonna have a chip on your shoulder a little bit. Not only that, you got to play. If you beat Fox Chapel and Eric Ingram, Fox Chapel are always going to give you, um, they're going to match you in terms of we'll be able to play with you. You know, they definitely have those type of players um, skill wise and technically on the ball. And, you know, can, can, now the question is the winner of that match, they're going to have to play Seneca Valley and they're going to have to play 20, um, you know, 40 minutes of, of hell from, or actually 80 minutes of hell. Uh, from George Williams and has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at every team that they play. Um, um, but, you know, again, Norwin, Scotty Schuchert, I, I could see, you know, again, chip on the shoulder. Why are we an eight seed? Um, you know, they did play Seneca Valley at the beginning of the season, um, early in the season, and they did get beat pretty good. So, but we've seen that happen before, Pine Richland, yeah. you know, last year. So, um, yeah, so that's quad A boys, and uh, I think that's uh, it with eight teams and the level of talent from team one to team eight. It, as we saw last year, um, anything's possible, and I do agree. Um, you know, looking at the depth of the talent in 4A and looking at Upper St. Clair's stifling defense and looking at Scrappy Butler and Peters Township had some nice wins during the regular season. Uh, if there is a bracket that has the most potential for chaos, not necessarily in round one, but maybe in subsequent rounds, I think you would have to point to boys 4A. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So we're going to wrap up the boys and we're going to bring, uh, bring we're going to head over to the girls and that'll be part two of our, our kids on the pitch podcast, simulcast uh, on Pittsburgh soccer now YouTube uh, channel. So uh, be sure to listen to that um, as well. So we're going to sign off real quickly. It's uh, playoff bracket uh, release day. 
Uh, again, we just uh, went through all the boys. Check out all the brackets are on Pittsburgh Soccer Now. We're going to have coverage uh, Saturday. Everything starts, so we'll have uh, our scoreboards. We'll have updates, live um, feeds, and, and, and interviews with coaches. One thing we're going to do a lot of um, throughout the tournament, um, we'll be checking in and interviewing a lot of the coaches, and that's kind of our, our forte here uh, with this uh, getting reaction on the podcast and things like that um, after the brackets released. Um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll coming right back at you at part two, right, very shortly.